You're listening to Version Control, Pounding Grain's digital news podcast. He's an incredible art director, designer, and entrepreneur. He's also the best dressed man we've ever sat across from, and as big of a Taylor Swift fan as you'll ever meet. Today, we're sitting down with Andy Garcia, design director at Thinking Box. Andy has designed for digital, VR, AR, MR, social, advertising, entertainment, and more. He's working on projects for well-known clients like Big Brother, Samsung, and BMO, just to name a few. Version Control presents The Hot Seat, featuring Andy Garcia. So I studied graphic design, so old school, like talking about billboards and paper, whatever that is, <laughs> you know, books, like layout design, mm-hmm. um, which was great because it gave me that foundation for, for design and, you know, like that eye, um, but it kind of evolved from there. One but thing, did it involve in school or like, did you finish school and then you started working or you were doing stuff on your own and mm-hmm. like, you kind of figured out like, oh, like this quote unquote website thing is pretty <laughs> cool. Um, I didn't know it back then, but I had an entrepreneurial bug um, as well as a bug for um, people. I didn't really realize those, those are my two driving passions and that kind of what still drives me today. But back then, I was like, okay, well, how am I going to make money? Ooh, okay, you're at this that makes kind of money, but like advertising. Oh, yeah, you know, people in that career, you know, Mad Men, that show I think was still pretty prevalent back then. So I decided to try to go into that. Uh, I did freelance for like websites. Um, that was when I started my first business. I called it Adam Design. A-T-O-M Design. Oh, okay. I was like, I thought yeah, you're like, that wasn't not. your name. <laughs> The whole like ethos behind it was like uh, it was me with a bunch of different designers and illustrators, and we all were trying to get jobs, um, but we're like, how do we still do the work we're passionate about and you know make money? And we were like, oh, we're all like different molecules or atoms that come together. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so it was cute. I think we were like featured in some like Toronto blogs and stuff, and we 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 had that business till two thousand and ten. Yeah. So and then what was, what was next after Atom Design? Um, well, what was next? Um, I remember you did a stint at Toshiba. Oh, Toshiba. Oh, my God. Yeah. Toshiba. Brad Glasser, if you ever listen to this, um, he was my creative director who taught me the importance of detail. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's funny how you kind of learn something at all the different places you go. And, yeah, I worked at Toshiba for, I think, a year. Uh, I started off as an intern. Um, making these giant booklets of TVs. Like catalogs so and stuff, right? Oh my gosh. It's like, it's like the, my pristine. Yeah. Yeah, put that on my mantle still. <laughs> That's nice though. But I mean, like, how, does, how do you go from like catalog design? Because even the stuff that we were doing when we started working together, we were, we were pushing stuff. I mean, again, we look, mm-hmm. if you look back and, and it's like, oh, it's just like, looks like really simple web design, but mm-hmm. nobody was really doing that in, in the non-for-profit stage. Like, oh uh, gosh. And yeah. Responsive like, design back then. Like that yeah. people were just like, now that's obviously like traditional, Yeah, <laughs> which is funny to call it traditional now, but. But half of our job was to teach people in that organization what the value of mm-hmm. like a digital brand is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually we just stopped because we <laughs> wanted to go and do something else sure, as, yeah. as with what happens with that stuff. Right. 
I think you and I took that leap, right? Was yeah, that to Naked? That was to Naked where we met Mr. Uh-huh. Andre. Yeah. So you're, you're getting like the full origin story. <laughs> We're all like just together. You're the That's link. Cool. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, and then, yeah. And then we were doing, it was really weird because when we got brought in, we were juniors and yes. we got brought in under this guise of like, oh, we want to start doing like really cool digital stuff in this agency. And so we would do that. And then on the on the side, they'd be like, oh, by the way, can you work on this TV spot? Can you work on this print ad? <laughs> and then we started to get like a really clear idea on mm-hmm. what advertising was in that sense. Like, but it, we came from like a very, like, there is no such thing as a traditional digital background, but we didn't mm-hmm. have the traditional upbringing of like advertising creatives. Yeah. We, we kind we of weren't mad men style, right? No, we, we, we totally were kind of like, way. we'll do whatever we can. <laughs> like it's, it's a weird thing. Um, which I think was like the first, at least for me, like as a designer, um, my first experience of like opening my kind of sandbox where I play yeah. and realizing that I'm like, Ooh, this is scary. I actually, I remember being super scared. Oh yeah. And I was like, Scott, I can't do this. I don't know how to make a commercial. I don't know how to like do this 360 digital experience. Yeah. But I remember <laughs> I, like, I remember us like walking home after we had got the job and we were like, mm-hmm. we don't know what we're doing, but we're just like, well, let's just never tell anybody that we don't know what we're doing ever. That's, like that's really it. And that's literally like how we survived for the first year and a half in that job is like, everybody asks us, can you do this? And we just automatically say, yeah, we can do that. Like, <laughs> and and like, somehow we did. Yeah. And then we just figured it out. I mean, not maybe not like the best way possible. It was still a lot of late nights on like oh, breaking gosh, things yes. and remaking them and stuff like that. But I kind of, I kind of feel like that's how you learn. Yeah, right? you, if, I think if you're open to breaking kind of, kind of yourself yeah. and making mistakes, like that, that was the first job probably where I was open to the idea. I'm like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing, yeah, but that's okay. Yeah, like we'll just figure it out. But the advantage was, and it's funny because we were kind of talking about this this morning, and this is going to sound a little bit hokey, but we had each oh. other. Oh, yeah. Uh, and like for that's true. It's, actually. it's tough, right? Because if you go in there and you're just like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I also don't have anybody to talk to about this. It's like very isolating. Andre's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I don't, you don't have me. <laughs> but it, yeah, I think that was like a big sort of lesson that mm-hmm. we learned as well as like this sort of idea of a creative partnership oh, on yeah. on like what that is. And like even bef- like bef- we didn't realize that we were like creative partners uh, before mm-hmm. working at Naked, but then and in retrospect, we definitely were like we yeah. did everything together, and we like ran ideas by each other and stuff like that too. And then if we go further down the timeline, mm-hmm. um, we <laughs> yeah we ended up working at another agency together. And then after that, we took different paths. Yes. So like, where did you go after that? And like, what what made you want to go there? You know, it's funny. Like, I actually I thought I was just living life and things were happening to me. But now in retrospect, I do realize that there was driving forces behind it of why I kind of chose these paths. Um, What I learned in, I guess, Free the Children was, you know, teamwork and people. Um, Naked is where I kind of learned how to be um, creative in a sense and to say like, hey, being creative doesn't just mean like um, executing something. It's the strategy behind it. It's, you know, getting uncomfortable a bit. Um, Chael kind of helped push that too. I remember projects like um, the Olympics project where we did craziness. I think yeah. I filmed the commercial and shot it and did everything in the We're in the commercial. Days. And then we were in it as well. Yeah. What happens when you don't have a lot of time to find a <laughs> cast is you write yourselves into it. Yeah. No, for sure. And again, like, so these things like gave me that foundation that I think a lot of you know creatives and people in the industry have. Um, 
But one of the biggest things I learned after that was like, I was super sad because obviously you and I were, we're apart now. Um, and it's like, you know, you, when you have a specific team and a, a certain way of doing things, you kind of get used to it. Um, and for the first time ever, I moved to secret location. Uh, and that place really taught me to kind of grow up on my own and try, really, really try to do new things. What um, is a secret location if you, if you, for those who don't know what that is? Uh, so back then, so they have evolved quite a bit. Um, they were more of an interactive production studio. So they would team with a lot of agencies. They do their own projects as well, obviously. But like uh, at that time, they were kind of like just using like the intersection of technology and storytelling was kind of like their ethos and what they believed in, which is why I was like, yeah, yeah, that sounds cool. I had no idea why that <laughs> sounded cool to me. Um, but uh, Pietro, I think he actually came on here. Um, mm -hmm. He brought me to a coffee shop randomly and I thought it was just going to be a chat. And he offered me a job and I said, F yeah, I don't want to swear <laughs> on here. Um, yeah, it was, it was crazy. Like, I actually took a huge pay cut to go there. Um, I remember that. And I, that was the best decision I made. And people are like, you live in Toronto and you took a pay cut? Why would you do that? Um, and the reason for that was because I knew that something about Secret Location, and Pietro especially, was, uh, was calling to me as a designer, as a creative, and I knew that I could grow there. Mm -hmm. So what kind of work did you do there like that, oh, man. you know, really kind of led to where you are now? Um, so they, they really pushed that boundary of being able to be someone who's like, let's just make mistakes and learn, you know, basically jump off a cliff and build those wings on the way down. A hundred percent. I was learning things like I went back to school actually for coding. Not to become a developer, because that is like the furthest thing <laughs> that I'll ever want to be looking at lines of code and math, um, but to have a better understanding of how to work with developers. Um, because we were doing projects um, like these really in integrated projects um, with like TV shows, so like say Big Brother, mm -hmm. we built this platform that interacted with um, the show um, and when it went on, I think up, up, up until last year, where you were able to interact with the house, have live feeds, like basically change the way audiences work and, and, and are, are entertained. Um, so yeah, we did a lot of like web projects, apps. That was my first um, stint into virtual reality. Uh, we worked on something called Sleepy Hollow. It was a great experience. I don't know if you've heard of it at all. Yeah, it's that TV show. Yeah, yeah where we had this thing at Comic-Con, which took the Sleepy Hollow experience, and basically you're able to kind of walk into the show, meet the main character, and at the end, spoiler, you get your head chopped off. Um, and then you got like a little gif that is like, you know, of you kind of like on the ground, oh, and your, your head's like, ah. <laughs> so obviously the full 360 campaign kind of mm -hmm. went into that. But like what I loved about it was it's like, hey, here's a new medium, here's something totally different that no one, no one at the studio really were experts in, but that was okay. And that was exactly why we were using it um, because storytelling was at the base of it um, and people, mm -hmm. which again, those two things that really are, I guess, connected to me. So going back to like what you and I were kind of like faking our way through it at Naked, is that <laughs> kind of the approach that you took at uh, Secret Location as well? It's just kind of like, yeah, we'll try it. We'll, we'll, we'll do it and we'll see what happens. I feel like no one wants to hear this answer, um, but yes, uh, 100%. And I, I'll be honest, to this day, and like, because now, which I guess we'll get to in a bit, but like even to this day now, I feel like I'm still not an expert at what I do. 
Um, but I think that's, that's part of it. That's part of being able to be a creative that way. Yeah. We were having this conversation with somebody the other day, just kind of about like, not to be super pretentious about it, but like mm-hmm. there's this sort of like motif of an artist can never be particularly satisfied mm-hmm. or, or refer to themselves as an expert at comfortably. Cause it's just, I don't know. It's, it's weird in, in my opinion, because it, yes. it, in that case, it means that you stopped learning. You stopped growing and 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think it, you ever want that. And especially the, the work that you're involved in. I mean, it's constantly evolving. Oh so gosh, yeah. if someone were to say that they were an expert, you would almost look down on them because you were like, well, you must have missed out on this crazy new thing <laughs> yeah. that just launched today. Like, mm-hmm. But that's an interesting thought. So like in your like line of business now and like mm-hmm. based on what you're doing, like how do you stay on top of oh what needs to be done in these cases. And it's hard for me to define at this point because I don't even want to call it VR, AR or customer experience. It's just, it's, it's things like, how do you, how are you staying on top of these things that are, that are pushing the boundaries? Well, I like to call it. Yeah. Cause people ask you like, so what do you do now? Like, are you a UI designer? Are you a UX designer? Do you like, do you build websites? Then I'm like, I build experiences. Um, from a design mm-hmm. and communication point of view. What um, does that mean? So for me, like this can be anything. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'm going to lump anything like secret location stuff with, uh, I'm currently now at Thinking Box, um, and they do very similar things. Um, I, I will do anything from, like, say, that platform for Big Brother, right? Again, rooted in, in the idea of an experience for fans. Mm-hmm. To um, I'm currently working on or about to launch an app, an AR app for cannabis, which is going to be like the connoisseur of of cannabis of like you know like people who know like all the little bits and pieces about wine it's literally going to be educating you that way about cannabis because it's now legalized it's now something that's going to be different for the public we want to dispel that like cannabis is just for the people who want to rage out and party <laughs> it's for medicinal uses it's for you know if you, you can actually get um cannabis that has a lot more cbd so it actually helps anxiety there's a lot of different like uses and stuff for that and we have augmented reality portions that actually help you kind of like learn more about it in a unique way um, that will hit different markets. Uh, so something like that, or I was just actually in New York for um, an experience, which was an out-of-home experiential mm-hmm. thing, where we, we teamed up with Momentum to create this experience that took Sean Mendes, <laughs> which, you know, I'm like, yeah, I'm a big a bit of a fan. <laughs> um, sorry, Taylor. <laughs> she actually had an experience that weekend, too, oh, two yeah. blocks away. Like, no. <laughs> um, but this Sean Mendes experience, which we basically deconstructed his music and created it into a physical space where you went on and a big part of my role was the UX of how you got through it and how that um, registration flow works. And you basically got a QR code and every room you would then activate the rooms through, through, um, through QR codes. And you could experience like how he um, wrote his first song in my blood to we recreated his actual physical um, space, recording studio space in Malibu, and his stage where then you would actually have like, go on stage with him and have 360 cameras like, capture that experience for you. And then obviously have the Instagram takeaway, which is a little bit more of the marketing side. Mm-hmm. But again, for his fans, like I was watching backstage of them like in the recording booth singing like one of his songs and they were just so elated. And watching them then share that stuff on Instagram and talk about it, that's why I got into this business, yeah. to tell stories and to connect with people. 
So along those lines, though, right? Like, I can't imagine that OCAD has a class that's like called like Sean Mendez Installation One Hundred and One, right? So like, Probably. how in your in your head, how are you making that connection from like your traditional des- graphic design background mm-hmm. to how that maps to what design is like in twenty nineteen? What I would say for people who are interested in design and, and just creators in general, UX is something I think that will span over everything. Like we're now coming to like, I don't know, I think one of the questions that was in your um, uh, question sheet earlier was it like where do you see things going, right? Um, sorry if I'm pan- tangenting here, but like we've spent the last hundred years in the rectangle. You know, every variation from the old school box TV boxes that our parents had to the iPhones that we have now, to tablets, to larger screens around us. That is now finally breaking, mm-hmm. um, and interaction design around that is breaking. We, we are all, as a UI kind of native person, like that's where I've spent the last decade of my life. Um, there's going to be a lot more intuitive things like voice interactions and gestures and mm. um, physical UI. Yes, all these things which are such just more natural for humans. Mm-hmm. All of that is based in good design. It's based in like user experience. It's based in um, even even like graphic design and all these things like all that kind of stuff has taught me like hey how far something is like properties of like hierarchy and distance mm-hmm. you can still use that in VR you can still use that in augmented reality uh, and use those properties and best practices like look at um, wayfinding design which is a, a shoot off of like um, uh, graphic design and uh, experiential design that's in your grocery store mm-hmm. you know looking at the aisles like that is actually design. And you can use all these things and bring them into these new experiences as long as I think you look at storytelling as your core and connecting with the person and put the user first, put that story you're trying to say first. Because if you're just trying to take technology and try to shove it in and say like, ooh, you know, AR exists, so let's make a dinosaur, mm-hmm. but why? It doesn't matter. I don't think people, like, at least in my like, decade of experience or so, People are not there to interact with your stories and your movies and your entertainment or whatever, your product, because they want to interact with technology. Mm-hmm. They want to have a story. They want to have a connection, something that really says something to them. Yeah, and I think you, so too. Yeah, you use design and intersect that with technology. I think you can come up with something cool. So, like, did you even think of that that was a possibility? To oh, yeah. <laughs> no, not even close. <laughs> not even. Like, well, I'll be honest, even my own... Like I'm one thing I'm thankful for is the people, mm-hmm. um, and again, this is again underlying the whole idea that I want to like you know connecting with people is important to me. And thank God I did that. Like thank God I met you. Like you helped me push my boundaries and naked and chill um, all those years of like what I thought I could do and what I wanted to do. And if I didn't meet these people, like like you and Pietro, Vivian, um, even the people I've met in my current job, like. Uh, there's this guy, Stephen Bosco from Secret Location. Um, they are what, like all those perspectives have really helped me become a better designer. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know Monument Valley, that game? It's like a mobile oh game. Oh my gosh, I love that game. Oh, it's so beautiful, it's right? It's incredible. And it's so intuitive, which right? helps the story. Yeah, because it's just, you just flow through it. So like that's, again, that's a good example of like, you know, great UX design and great experiential design and gaming design, but also like the beauty of that game. I met, I can't remember his name right now. I'm going to kill myself, but like the creative director and like the lead designer for that game. 
and he was telling me about their process. And like they had this really interesting thing. It, was, it felt very like Steve Jobsy, but he's like, we need to remake and redesign every level so that if you put that in your living room, you'd be proud to put that up as art. Wow. Like what a goal, right? Yeah. But I think that is exactly what you're talking about in terms of, I'm going to rephrase it a little bit, but like yeah, yeah. there's no point in designing for technology if it doesn't have the spine of a good narrative. I think so. Right. And I think it all kind of starts with that piece of like, what is the story you want to take your user through your audience through? Like, how do you want them to feel mm-hmm. and then build on top of that based on what that narrative is? Cause I think we've all worked on projects where you know, the client comes to you and they say, I want a VR thing. Yes. And it's just kind of like, well, it's definitely cart before the horse. Like Mm -hmm. to think of the technology before the overall experience is really tricky Mm -hmm. um, because then you're kind of pigeonholing yourself and it's never going to be that you're going to make sacrifices to the narrative in order to make it fit with the technology. And like, this is just my opinion, but I I always find that the experiences suffer for that. And you can tell too. It's like, oh, it's VR for the sake of being VR. You're trying to get some PR dollars maybe. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which is fine. You know, obviously we're in the business of advertising. Um, and that's a big part of it, right? You know, your return on investment, but I find the best return on investments are the ones that are genuine. Mm -hmm. Like I look at that Sean Mendes experience. I know that those people, like even though it was crafted that way, like those those fans are going to come out and share that because they had an experience that connected with them. Yeah, I think I, like we're kind of at this stage when we're building these experiences that there shouldn't be a need to tell people or ask people to share things. If the experience is yes. good enough, they should Having just be, like, yeah, we should just remove that sign that says mm-hmm. share on Instagram. Well, live in social media has evolved. It's like so much more, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and this is what I love. Like, I'm a big Insta person. That's what I will say. <laughs> are, you, are you an influencer? Are you no, you're an influencer. No, I, I, my fan base is not really that big. But like <laughs> the fact that you have a fan base, <laughs> I curate, right? And I, I've always been someone who likes again to connect. There's a theme, yeah, <laughs> um, with people, and I, I, you know, you can see how social media was before. Like before, it was like, how do we have these big buttons on a website that says share on Facebook? Yeah. Do this. Do it this particular way. And here's the copy that will, you know, that the, the that the agency writes that says, "I had a great time on this." That's not how people have been using social media. And the best thing about it is we have so much data now that helps us understand that and helps us understand, like, hey, you know, people don't want to be told how to use social media. Mm-hmm. People want to experience things, like you said, in a genuine way. And if you do that, and if it, at its core it is genuine and it connects to that consumer, they're going to share it. They're going to want to. Like, you know, you look at, like, um, Game of Thrones. Oh, why did I just mention that? <laughs> Sorry, I have a bit of a broken heart about that one. <laughs> Let's not mention the final season. <coughs> yeah, Game of Thrones up to season six. Yeah. Um, people were in that universe, right? And, like, what was great about that, or Harry Potter, is when people are not like, okay, we're not going to say Harry Potter this is the way you're supposed to, to read Harry Potter. This is the way you're supposed to experience it. You know, there's the theme parks, yeah, and these, these big experiences which are very controlled. But there's like cafes and like Facebook groups and like the, the meetups and like people who LARP Harry Potter and all these different things. And how do you facilitate that as someone who creates these brands? Yeah. And how, how do you tell these stories and have all these entry points? I feel like that's how you create experiences. You but the, the tricky part is, and where, where somebody like yourself comes in, is there is that sort of fine balance between guiding somebody through an experience and yes. telling them what to do. And it's, mm-hmm. a, it's, it's tricky because 
everybody's a little bit different and that's mm. where like things like the data come in really really helpful and they can kind of yeah. they can guide you and to say okay you know a certain this is how people react to this type of thing mm-hmm. um, emotionally and physically and however that's going to happen so whatever that data is saying should mm-hmm. be able to help craft the right way for us to design this experience but at for the sure. end of the day it is purely about like you want that experience to be unique. You want it to be unique to them. Mm-hmm. Um, Personalized like uh, entertainment is huge right now, and it's not. It goes beyond saying like this is a tweet from Scott. Like <laughs> yes. it, it's like here's you. You want to have you want to give people the perception that there's like an, an element of autonomy uh-huh. with their experiences, mm-hmm. so they can then share with their friends. I didn't do a Game of Thrones uh, installation experience. Like yeah. check out what I did this weekend like and it's more integrating into those experiences which is where i think a lot of this stuff is is headed Mm -hmm. it really kind of harkens back to your just kind of like we've been living in a rectangle for generations and now that we're seeing beyond it we i don't i don't actually believe that we've broken out of it yet but oh no we're Uh, seeing beyond it a little bit 2030 yeah (laughs) come on apple get those ar glasses But I mean, it's, and it's not for lack of trying. Like Mm -hmm. we've seen a lot of tech that just seems to be really like it pushes the envelope, but it's always just kind of missing that, Mm -hmm. that, that piece, that, um, that ease of use or that adoption within a a current narrative that really kind of helps it along. For sure. Um, But I do see a lot of really interesting things happening in the VR entertainment and film area lately, where it's less about strapping on some goggles and like a video game and more just an immersive design experience, if anything. For sure. I've seen some stuff. And like when I was at Secret Location, we had some interesting things. Like we worked on the Great Sea, which is a really cool... um, cinematic experience Mm -hmm. which didn't have it was had some intuitive like you know um interaction but most of it was like using spatial design and using like how can we change the way we film things Mm -hmm. and animate things in a space that's no longer a square or sorry a rectangle um that was really really interesting and like again there's a lot of things that we want to push there and yeah obviously gaming is a very kind of like natural it's weird though like even the term gaming it already has a connotation oh. in your head but we, what we're talking about isn't high score donkey kong style <laughs> gaming we're talking about like an interactive experience where you are controlling your outcome yes and like when everything from like a choose your own adventure style film experience to like like a, an experience on like your playstation they yeah. they have similar um, touch points when it comes to like narrative design, that, for sure. Um, what's that thing that came out recently on Netflix? Oh, Bandersnatch. Yeah, like that was an interesting. Like, obviously, that was the first mass kind of like interactive kind of um, experience. I think that at that level, anyways, mm-hmm. I'm so interested to see like the data points about that. They don't share. I know. I wish. I, <laughs> but, like, I, it'd be so cool to see like how far people went and like you know like certain backgrounds or the type of like things like if people liked horror did they choose something if people liked romantic comedies like they have all that kind of information yeah sorry to scare everybody <laughs> but that's true right um no but like that's it's interesting like they like the way that you're kind of putting it now because bandersnatch mm-hmm. as an entertainment property for the audience was interesting because it was something we'd never necessarily done before in like a mass yeah. space but from a business standpoint it was an incredible um, like user testing platform huge based on like we're literally asking you to make a decision and those decisions are going to determine the outcome of the type of entertainment you're going to see it's like in real time which 
yeah. whether or not you felt Bandersnatch <coughs> was a great experience or not, or mm-hmm. what you did with it, I think just the fact that they did it was really awesome. And they were able to have that, like, I don't know, audience. Because we have a lot of user experience, our user experience like data for, like, e-commerce. Yeah, the boring stuff. on a website. <laughs> like, functional things. Yeah. But things that, like, this is, a, this is, like, the main purpose of that was to tell a story. Yeah. And then to, like, be able to actually get user information off of that and user experience off of that, that's going to really help elevate what happens next in entertainment and, yeah. and storytelling. And what's interesting too is that it's like when you when you talk about testing, mm-hmm. um, it's it always has this like if you're just doing going to be doing random testing, there's there's always this element of everybody's going to lie because they oh, just true. don't they're, just, they're they're telling you what they hope that the decision they would make. But when true. you give them an interesting That's experience, what I did. yeah, I but like, when I want to be a nice person, I don't want to die. But <laughs> if you're putting them through an entertaining experience like Bandersnatch, it's not about. Like it's literally, oh, I want to see what happens here, and that they can't lie about that for sure. Like it's what you want, and so I think that it was just sort of brilliant in that sense, is that it forced people to be honest with what they wanted to watch. That's why I love like like that's like what I think the next version of this stuff could be is like experiences that don't necessarily like that will cross so many different boundaries. Mm-hmm. It may have different points, and like say like there's a travel experience that could potentially be a movie, but it also could be like actually it was filmed in Thailand. So you can actually kind of feel and see what it's like to be there mm-hmm. and you can experience and meet the culture. So like, wait, is it educational or is it actually a movie? Or, but it's, I, you know I think I mean? it's weird. Like, uh, sorry, we're going like real deep on this. But <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. The categorizations I find are That's the most true. misleading, right? Yeah. Because we were talking about before, like gaming kind of has this connotation. When you say movie, it has this connotation, but what we're actually talking about isn't any of those things. And it's all of those things. I think so. It's, it's experiences. And then from just to kind of bring it back to like, <coughs> to like your particular narrative, mm-hmm. like these experiences need to be designed. There, there has to have an element of beauty to them. Um, Mm -hmm. just to give it that extra oomph, to give it that sort of ability for people to want to do it again and again and again, or, or different types of it. And maybe have different entry points. Exactly. And different, like, I actually thought of this recently, like uh, the Sean Mendes experience where we are, hmm, I can't say too much, but I could be doing another experience soon. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I wanted to actually see if it's possible within budget, (laughs) um, is to actually help make that experience something that like what I noticed was that people in the experience, like we had like, okay, here's the rails experience. They go into the room, they do a B C and then they leave. Mm-hmm. And that's how it's going to be, how they should experience it. But people were starting to look at props or look, look at different parts of it and they were experiencing it on their own. Mm-hmm. And then obviously doing, you know, getting Instagram shots that they're, you know, it was 14 year old girls. So <laughs> mostly, but like, how do we cater to that so that these experiences are allowed? Um, and I think that's part of my design thinking now is to be able to actually think out of that box, <laughs> not to be kind of cheesy with like thinking box and such, but literally to be able to say, okay, there, there can be on rails experiences, but there can be different entry points of how mm-hmm. they experience that. Yeah. And I think what it's, we're definitely kind of like in uncharted territory in that sense. I'm yes. sure there's definitely people that have attempted these types of experiences before. But I think what's really interesting mm-hmm. in all of our cases is that there is always like this expected formula that it could follow, but it never does. Yeah. Um, like even for some of the stuff that we're doing on the mm-hmm. pound and grain side, like it's just kind of like, we're going to make a video, but that video is never the same. The process of it is never mm-hmm. the same. The message is never the same. So there's always this sort of element of like, whether it's entry points, 
um, whether it's style, it's all these different things that can kind of pile on top of it that make the experience yeah. different and they all need to be paid attention to. And not just mm. from like a visual design standpoint, but also like a narrative design standpoint. So everything kind of has these little nuances that build that intricate design of what this experience is going to be. Yeah. And, and talking in terms of like, you know, it might just be like a 30 second video, but that 30 second video is gonna, needs to be a very unique experience for mm. everybody to kind of react to and to sit through it and to do something with it. And I think we're just kind of beyond that notion of press play, sit for 30 seconds, do yeah. nothing. Right. For sure. We live in such like a, a, an impatient society that we're wanting more. We're, we're needing more that when we see something where we're expected to just sit there and react to it in, uh, you know, not in real time, but like later yeah. on and like it, we're just too impatient for that. So I kind of feel like design lately, especially from like a narrative and experience standpoint has to cater to that. For sure. I think like what's interesting about that too is like, people really want something that feels authentic for them mm -hmm. and for the like the brand or the piece of entertainment like there's like that movement of people who are you know like loving instagram stories because you can't really filter that mm -hmm. you know what i mean like i have to say too like i will photoshop my pictures and make sure like oh well you know I, you know i'm gonna change the lens a bit <laughs> like oh okay oh you know maybe like that, that i like pink so i'm gonna change that to pink instead of blue it's like wait what is reality right right and people have had so much like enough of the Photoshop. Yeah. And I say this as a freaking person who does this, right? Um, so having things that are different, that are unique, that are not, not just like, I'm going to try to spoon feed you a message yeah. or spoon, tell you to feel a certain way. That is super important. Um, and I love that. And, you know, obviously I love that you and I have always kind of worked that way. And that's the kind of way we think. We, we always ask the question of why. Yeah. Before you do anything. <laughs> Does it make sense and is it valuable? Exactly. Right? If it's just it's just if it's just cool for the sake of being cool, it better be like it really? better have something else to it, right? <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Better be Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, so like I think for like for younger designers kind of mm -hmm. starting out, like let's say you had like an intern that came and sat with you and they were just oh. kind of like, Well what what I should did. I focus on now? Like, what would you tell them like now, like if, because just knowing where design is going, knowing where experience design is going, knowing where storytelling is going, like what would yeah. you tell a young creative to focus on? Actually, there's two things. Cause I just actually just had an intern. Um, I it's, it's, they're two very opposite things. Number one, um, hone your skills. And I don't mean just like hone the skills to know and put that on your resume, but like get the speed and get like familiar with those, those skills and those tools. Those are like big things like I was so happy thank you Brad Glasser for making me do these giant like 400 page booklets because when you do it over and over it becomes like muscle memory mm -hmm. of what good design is and then you look at those skills and eventually you'll be you'll, you'll be able to do it really quickly and like this can span digital or print or whatever you know experiential design but have those skills there and understand why so when you look at a poster you look at like a shot from like a movie and you're able to deconstruct and say, okay, that's, that, that's, that's good because of this, because mm -hmm. of the composition, because those colors, you know, help evoke a certain feeling, et cetera, et cetera. That font looks a certain way and says something about that brand or, or, or that movie. And on the other hand, on the other side of it, be freaking curious. Mm -hmm. Like, I think most people do, but they don't really take the time to sit in it and like breathe in it. 
um, there's a great quote from that guy who did uh, for the creative director of Monument Valley, the lead designer. He says, "Go out there, experience the world, and put it in your effing game." Mm-hmm. And I love it. I think you need to like meet people. You need to go out, experience things, try things you've never eaten. Uh, you know, look at art you've never seen. Go out in the world and be curious. Don't just sit in front of a screen and copy something else. Mm-hmm. I know it's easy to do that. It's easy to sit there and like, okay, this is what I would learn in design class. But like, go out there and make mistakes. Be a little bit crazy because it's going to build character and it's going to turn you into a better creative. Thanks for listening to Version Control: The Hot Seat, featuring Andy Garcia. If you liked what you heard, rate us on iTunes and subscribe to our podcast on Spotify.